Uh, I don't know how to intro this podcast anymore. I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to say. Uh, what is the name of this podcast now? Welcome, everyone, to our brand new season of Superback. Uh, I just bit my fucking lip. (laughs) I bit it so hard. Welcome, everyone, to a new season of Super Black. We are your host, Carl. And I'm Dan. And today we are going to be introducing our new podcast format, more of a book club. And our topic today is volume one of the graphic novel Vagrant Queen. Uh, It's going to be a sci-fi TV show launching on uh, March 27th. So we figured it'd be a nice little cross-promote. I'm pulling back the layers. Who cares? Uh, So Dan and I read through a good majority of volume one in the time that we had. We're going to kick it off. So first, Dan, my good man, my buddy, how did you feel overall about your experience with vagrant queen it was and i hate to be that person to kind of shit on something but i wasn't interested enough to keep reading page to page to page if if i didn't have to read it i wouldn't have we are kicking it off hot dan has hot takes (laughs) hot takes with dan (laughs) with that being said i understand why this was picked up for sci-fi because bare bones, this has the makings of, of a good sci-fi um, space opera, mm-hmm. and guaranteed, I can only imagine how you know it's like sci-fi could have just taken the name and taken the main characters and went their own route with it, and have it be a little more because this wasn't fun. This this it wasn't a fun read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I agree with your hot take. I was not super enthralled by the story. But I again, I do see how sci-fi can make it its own. And and given the trailer for Vagrant Queen, I think they did do a bit more with the concept. But mm-hmm. uh, what I read was not gripping me like uh, other stories have before it. Which I mean, you know, mm-hmm. not every story is going to resonate with you. Um, but just just to give people some context in case you weren't able to read the story or you're you're kind of coming in a little cold, here's the description. Uh, former child queen Alita was driven from her throne at age 10 and forced to wander the galaxy, evading the revolutionary forces that wanted her dead. When an old frenemy claims to know the whereabouts of Alita's long-lost mother, she is forced to return to her former kingdom and stage a rescue. So, the main... Story point is that our protagonist, Alita, is looking for her mom, who uh, was left behind after she, there was like a revolution against her. Uh, Alita was the queen, a young child queen, and she was kind of jettisoned in a space pod after her and her mother were attacked, and now she's looking for her mom. Dan, as an artist and storyteller yourself, how did you like... Uh, kind of reading through this book. And this is once again with disclaimer, like I don't necessarily want to knock another artist because this is a finished complete comic book. Like these people came together, made a choice to do this book 
and they follow it all the way through. Like there's so probably so many great great idea, great ideas out there that never get finished. So I mean, kudos for them to, for doing this. But at the same time, from an artist point of view, there were a lot of things that a lot of pages that just seemed very haphazardly put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turned me off. Like I, I part of the reason I wanted to stop reading sometimes is because the art just threw me off so much. Like no, this isn't even worth it to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to believe that the artists will grow in time and the inkers will grow in time. But there are a lot of lazy things that happen in terms of just proportions. You know, um, the the one of the title pages we have the main one of the, the main characters shooting a pistol, and it's obvious that his arms are way too short for his body, and it felt like the artist just crammed everything together. You know, there's another page like the, the, the one of the first main pages where you see your first human hand, and this is drawn very badly, and it's a very simple pose too, and then. So, and this will change with time because uh, I, I want to believe that he's, he's relatively new to doing this type of format. The storytelling was confusing from panel to panel sometimes. You know, like I wasn't too sure what the, what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand the, the 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 saving grace was the writer was very good at at um, telling the action as opposed to the illustrator showing the action. So when you got to the end of those pages, like oh okay, this, I know what's going on, but it's definitely not being portrayed in the the art mm-hmm. part of things you know um yeah I, I had that i had that issue too like from from panel to panel i was a little confused as to what was going mm-hmm. on especially in some of the action scenes i couldn't really follow what was happening just from an action standpoint like in my mind i was trying to put the fight together and i was like how is this how do we get to this end from what you've shown mm-hmm. me some some panels are better better than others like for the most part, I was not engaged by the art uh, as going mm-hmm. from, from page to page. I feel like the beginning of the book, uh, the beginning of volume one, I was more interested. Uh, and yes. I suppose it was because, you know, it was the first, you know, the intro panels that they were giving for this book and they were, you know, putting their all into it. As the book went on, it started, it felt like it started to lose a little steam as to where... Mm-hmm. Not only where going. Yeah, where, where the story was going and also how how it was being portrayed uh from panel to panel, like we said. Um mm-hmm. I started to, I started to lose the thread. That's my I'm gonna get a t shirt that says lose the thread. I say that a lot. There was a instance in, in the storytelling where they were trying to break into um secured space. Mm-hmm. And the whole plot was very much like a video game where they had bombs and needed to place bombs in certain places in order to blow up the station that's controlling the force field that's keeping everybody out. If it wasn't for the writer having to tell you what was going on and what needed to be done, I couldn't tell you what this guy was doing with the bombs. Right? The way the page... And it's like I, I, I know I'm like saying this out loud. It's very hard for anybody to really follow along. But imagine how I feel as an artist trying to say, hey... I'm not seeing any bombs being planted. I'm seeing a staircase on each level, but I'm not seeing any bombs being planted. And next thing you know, it's blowing up. I know exactly the 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 moment you're talking about. I was lost there too. Yeah, I uh, had to go. I had to go back a few times and keep rereading to make sure. It's like, am I missing something? Am I reading too quickly? But no, and that's part of the reason why as I slowed down. It's like, okay, this could have been done better. Yeah, it and it goes to something that I 
normally think about while reading comics is how much exposition is being um, typed versus mm-hmm. shown. To your point, it was like, you need to show us how he's planting these bombs and, and how this is going to be an effective plan while she's fighting all these guards and straight up murdering people. And there's like, there's like, six, there's like six of them and none of them shoot her, but she's yeah. just like cracking heads and shooting people in the face. And like, she's a, she's the ultimate badass. Let's get that out of the way. That, that's another problem that I had. I think within the first couple of pages, she offs two security guards that were just unexpected, unexpected. Like they were just standing in front of an elevator and without any banter or dialogue or real need to actually kill them, she blows their heads off. Like, who is this character? Like, do I actually want to like this character? Yeah, she's a lot. Um, yes. She just kind of she just kind of murders everybody. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like she's like she Han Soloed Pete. Like you know, like as soon as I read that, I was like she's Han Soloed those guards. Like there's no real need for that to happen. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had to just understand that the the story that the artist is trying to tell on the page isn't matching up to what the writer was intending to happen. Mm-hmm. So certain things are just being left out. Um, and the storytelling in terms of the character, like writing, like I didn't understand the main character at all. Aluda, I didn't understand her at all because she had her, like her Han Solo moment in the very beginning where she shot first. And I wasn't too sure what the writer was trying to tell us about that character. Is that character a cold blooded murderer? Is she a psychopath? Because it didn't feel like she's fleeing for her life. She could have found another way to get in there. She's coming off as, I will blow your head off at any single turn. And very like, I don't brash. Know. Yeah, very, very, very brash. brash. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I didn't understand her motivation. Like, she's on the run, no? She's hiding from this revolution. Murdering people is going to bring a lot of eyes to you. Especially in public places where you're killing, like, bodyguards and, and, and whatever. That's not the most... Uh, stealthy way to get around and I, mm-hmm. and I suppose she's been roaming the galaxy for however many years now and she's been okay and that wouldn't that's probably not the first time she's murdered a bunch of people which then leads me to believe that the people looking for her don't really want to find her mm-hmm. I mean you're not going to like every comic you read of course but I don't know it, it, it was a little hard to kind of get through it the world that they were building has some potential in it um mm-hmm. And I like I like the idea, like the base idea of the book, which is you know a young uh, child queen gets you know deposed, and then she has to roam the galaxy alone, and she becomes this kind of badass mercenary who, you know, is, is just kind of trying to stay one step ahead of the people who are trying to essentially kill her. One um, step. Don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> so my question. Does her race as a black woman come into play during the book or during the portions that you read? Not at all. No, it's like not that it, she just happened to be brown, and sometimes that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're just a character living in a world you just happen to have brown skin. You know, and yep. in the science fiction world, unless you unless you create that world preceding her, it doesn't make any sense that she'd be living the black experience in the far flung future in outer space where you have aliens and robots and so on and so forth. Like there's bigger things to worry about. So that much I do understand. And I do respect that that didn't be, that was an issue. 
the color of her skin was an issue. Yeah, is she? I mean, she is a queen. She's a black queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was overthrown. That's an issue. But that's not, I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that she was black. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least not in the portions that I read. If, if people read, you know, the, the chunk that we didn't get through and they actually do address that, you know, you please feel free to start the conversation with us. But mm-hmm. from what we read, she was just a mercenary, which is, like you said, really good that it wasn't an issue. It just is what it is, which is always nice. It just, you're just a person. And your skin just happens to be brown. Her being black is probably the least surprising thing in the book. Yeah. Her actions are way more surprising than the color of her skin. Yeah. The, the blatant, like, I feel like I'm watching an 80s action movie where the kill count just becomes higher and higher. And, it's, and nobody's killing the good guys. She's killing everybody. Yeah. She's, and, she's getting away with literal murder. Yeah. <laughs> getting away with murder. Uh, she does it multiple times. The guy, Isaac Stelling, I was not a fan of his character. I don't particularly like um, people who just coast through life, especially in a book, especially at that high, high level. Um, mm-hmm. It's rough to read because you can watch it in everyday life. And you're like, all these hardworking people kind of uh, taking a hit for w- whatever reason, but then there's someone who's just kind of floating through life. That's that guy. Mm-hmm. Now, his, his backstory, and we spoke about this a little bit on off air, is a little confusing because he says he's from Earth, but then he doesn't know how to get back to Earth. And then everyone he speaks to says that Earth is like a myth or that it doesn't exist. So, but he had a family from Earth, which is weird. Like, he knows it existed. How did he get to where he is and not know how to get back to Earth or even tell people? relatively where uh where it is in the galaxy it's i i didn't follow that portion and it could be you could just chalk it up to us just kind of skipping over things in the storytelling but it was a very strange and it was an interesting plot point that wasn't explored as much as it should have been Mm -hmm. because mystery earth is cool yeah and his personality didn't seem to match that he was longing to go home because yeah. he just seemed like he was drifting through life and just hoping things happen to him. Like, he didn't seem forlorn. He, like, he mentioned he misses his wife, but it doesn't seem like he misses his wife. And he's very careless with his actions. And, like, mm-hmm. you could die by doing these things. Like, like the bomb run that we talked about. Or mm-hmm. the fact that he's, like, joining forces with the revolutionaries to, uh, not kid, but bring the, the, the kid queen back so that they can she can get killed it's like there's so many things he does in service to like he says in service to get back to his wife but that also put him in a place where he could just die and never get back there Mm -hmm. so i i guess you can read it as like i'll do anything to get my family i i can understand that but there is another level when you say that you want to get back to a family that people don't believe you have one and people don't believe that where they are exists too so you have to work not only doubly hard to convince people that this is a real thing, but that also you have to take less risks so that you can actually get it done. And he mm-hmm. doesn't do that. And, and maybe that was supposed to be endearing, but it's not. Yeah. And at the same time, space is a very, very huge place. Where they, do you even start? Yeah. Like, how do you, that's what I'm saying. It's like where, where did he come from and how did he get to where he is without some sort of trail or yes. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll give it another read before this comes out and just kind of <laughs> do a, a follow up because I feel I feel, like you said I feel like we missed a lot, but we read every page, <laughs> not every page. Yeah. We read all the pages we did. But it was enough to have as well say you know there's a lot of questions like, you know, sci-fi. You either dive headfirst into the technology, into the world, and build that world up as alongside building your character up, or you create this MacGuffin that makes this whole world work. There was not enough world building to keep me keep me interested for long enough to keep moving forward without like, oh, the art is... There's a lot of things that, that threw me off. So I love to see the story Bible, to see where the writer intends to take things, and I would understand more why the sci-fi show exists. Um, I'd also love to see what changes in between, but from the translation from the idea in her head or the idea in the group's head to what I'm seeing on the page, it feels like there's a lot more that needs to be fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to put us both on the spot, as we like to do. What? Let's say we had the the final kind of pitch meeting. Like we had to go in with the with the group, the writers, the illustrators. You and I are in the room. What would you pitch? What's one thing you would pitch to them to kind of help improve the book and how you see it? It's like there, there was a part where you could tell they were they were trying to introduce her backstory as they're telling the main story. They, I felt as if they should have spent more time and energy building her backstory first before introducing her as this psychopathic badass. So that way you at least feel for her and you understand more why she's doing what she's doing, why she's so able to blow people's heads off without thinking twice about it. Yeah, almost you know, like the, the, the Batman Batman Begins kind of training montage where you see where she learned to handle a gun and um, punch noses off and, and all that stuff. Was there, say, besides losing a mother, you know, are there other traumas that have led to her being like, fuck it, I will just kill you without even thinking twice about it. Without even trying to spare any sentient life, I will just kill you to drop of dime because it's, it's me or you. Like, I want to see more moments that built that psyche to get to that point. And I want to be able to feel for the, the characters. I wasn't able to feel for them. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't feel that their wants were... It's not that they weren't strong enough. I understand what they were, but building was a character, like their conversations and their interactions, it didn't feel like they really wanted what they wanted. And it just so happened, like, um, uh, I can't remember his name. Isaac. Isaac. When Isaac came into your mother's alive, like, oh my God, like, I've, that would have been a good time to tell that entire backstory. Yeah, take, would, take a break and, and go backwards. Yeah. Like you say, so you you're in a, a a perfect storytelling format that you can break format, break from the main story, and tell your own backstory and build things up, you know. And you can take you can take those tangents and visit the lives of, the, of these other people, and and make you actually care about them, and care about the world. And I think like I just wasn't there. There's potential, you know. And I'm and the, the makers of of sci-fi knew that. And I'd love to see what their end product is. There's definitely potential, but I think it wasn't explored enough here. And was there at any point when you read in the book that there are any real stakes? 
like you felt these characters were going to lose or someone's going to lose? Not particularly. There wasn't a whole lot for them to lose to begin with. Like she didn't have anything besides like she was a mercenary. So she's, I mean, she could drop everything at the drop of a hat and just kind of go off and do whatever they're going to do. Exactly. So there was nothing really like if, if she had gotten her mother or she, or if her and her mother were on the run together and then her mother was captured and like, going to be executed, then their stakes is she might lose her mom. Like kind of Game of Thrones-y, uh, spoilers for Game of Thrones, when they kill Ned Stark, no one really saw that coming. Those were the stakes. You were like, oh no, they actually got Ned. We really like Ned and now they're gone. If we were to meet the mom, like the mom, see her as a mother figure and then have her get executed, that stakes. And then she's lost something, which then motivates her to you know, do whatever it is she's going to do. Uh, go on her venture yep. quest, but kicking off the story where she's literally just by herself doing jobs, she's totally fine. And the fact that he comes back is like your mom might might be alive. Like okay, we're going to go on a journey to find her, but the stakes are low because she thought she was dead already. So if she doesn't find her, then she's back to square one, which was fine for her at that mm-hmm. point. There was no l- real loss. Because she thought her mom was yeah, gonna write. Yeah, it's like I like I like we've we've touched upon before, like introduce the mother and let us care about the mother first to make it un- make it understandable why she drop everything she's doing and like and go find her mother. Moms are people. A good yep. person is someone that you like. Just because it's your mother doesn't mean that you like her. Uh mm-hmm. not that's not to say that she shouldn't like her mom, but we don't like her mom as the audience. Because yep. the, the snippets that we do see of her mom, she's a mom. But we don't get enough of her to say, "Oh, she really should go find her." You know, it's like, like, let's give an example. Like, let's bring it back to so go back to Guardians of the Galaxy. In the first few minutes, you're introduced to Star Lord. You're introduced to his mom. She's dying, so you feel for the character. But at the same time, you understand that she's well liked because there's so many people around her deathbed that are there mm-hmm. with her, right? Yeah. So, like, without telling you, they're showing you, hey. This woman is worth caring about. Yeah, and I haven't seen She's, that yet. Yeah, exactly. There's no there's no emotional tie to the audience, and all emotional ties that the main character has, we aren't really privy to. I don't know. They, like we're, we we kind of keep saying the same thing, but yeah, I think yes. I think a, a stronger emotional tether to the mom or to something, anything, yes, would help push the story forward a little more. As I was reading. And the more we speak, I'm really understanding, like, I didn't care about her, uh, her journey because she was fine. Yeah. Like, I, Isaac didn't rescue her from anything. She wasn't, she was shown to be super capable at the end, uh, at, at the beginning. So I'm not worried about her safety and, and she looks to be okay so that nothing, there's nothing at stake. So mm-hmm. if we're sitting in that, in that room, I would advise that maybe, you know, pull the mom out a little bit more. Like simply just make us care about her. Mm -hmm. Care about something. Yes. Instead of giving us Isaac, who I really don't care about. (laughs) Yeah, just could not stand that dude. Um, Except he used the word dingus, which I think is pretty funny. (laughs) But yeah, I think think that's where I would go. Is there anything else you want to cover? on Vagrant Queen uh, before we wrap this up. Are you excited for the show? I'm excited for the show because I'm a 
a fan of science fiction wherever it may co- wherever it comes from. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what they can do with this, and I'm along for the ride. Like we said before, there there are traces of they're really good elements to draw from. Um, let's see how the writers deal with it and go from there. I'm more than willing to watch that show and come back and talk about the differences between the two um, and see and see how that goes from there. Yeah, maybe we do a we could do a follow up episode or maybe we'll do like a, a stream or something. Yeah, we could definitely do it. because I, I would like to see how these two differ, mm-hmm. um, how the book and, and the new show will differ. Yeah, I'm I'm super interested. I'll be reviewing it for Multiversity Comics, so you guys can check out my words on and my thoughts on the show every I think Monday. Very nice. Yeah, I think I think. Uh, would you Would you recommend this book to anybody? Uh, no. 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 Not even a little bit. Not even for learning purposes, like how not to tell a story. Like why was like why would you do that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like as you can tell. I don't don't want to be negative about it, but I wasn't interested enough. To, it was, I didn't find enough good about it to be excited about it. So I'm not going to put anybody else through that. Gotcha. I, I already recommended the book for many people just so that they can participate in the episode. Hi, guys, if you're listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, so I'll say I would, I don't know. I like to promote books with black leads. So I'll say on that note, I would say yes, at least give it a reason, give maybe don't get the whole volume, maybe just buy an issue and see if you like it. Um, But yeah, there's not a whole lot about the book that I can point to and say I had a whole lot of fun reading it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it could just be our cup of tea, you know, who knows? Yeah. But there, there are a whole bunch of other books that we have lined up to, to read and, and review and, this is just the first one. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the most positive first episode, but it it certainly will be, you know, the most honest, gonna be honest with you guys. Um yeah. So yeah, I think that's uh that's all we got for you today. Uh Dan, where can they find you on socials? You can find me at the underscore basement underscore monster on Instagram. Uh you can also find me at the basementmonster.com. Um you can find me on Amazon through my books. Uh the Cargo Prince, which I wrote and illustrated myself, and then the Masquerade Dance, which I illustrated for the lovely uh, Carol Oatley from Caribbean Reads. So, yeah. You can find us on superblack.org on Instagram and Twitter. You can get the podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on TuneIn, and Google. I think Google Play still has it, but uh, I haven't checked Google Play in a while. But tell a friend, tell your mom, uh, tell your grandmother. Uh, pay attention to our Instagram where we will announce the book. You can pick it up uh, with an affiliate link on our website and then participate in the uh, the, the show. Maybe we'll have some, some call-ins. Uh, if you have any questions or you want to comment on the book, you can reach us on Twitter and on the book post on Instagram. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Take care, guys. Full stop. <laughs>